Hello everyone, Jay here, welcoming you back to another episode of the Over Manga Cast, that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga. Our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting. On this episode, we read Burn the Witch by Taito Kubo, Volume 1, Chapters 0 to 4. Hello everyone, my name is Sam, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast, where, uh, as always here at the top of the show, we like to talk about uh, what our familiarity with the uh, property we read this week is. For me, uh, Burn the Witch was just something that I randomly saw in my recommendeds on uh, the Shonen Jump app and was like, huh, that looks like it fits my aesthetic, and that and I suggested it to the crew, and that was about it. But uh, I didn't even know at the time that it was by uh, Tate Kubo. And once I, and you know, by extension, I do have some familiarity with Bleach. I watched a bit of the anime. I haven't read any of the manga, but I did uh, watch a decent portion of the first season of the anime. And I mean, it was good, or at least the parts I watched were. <laughs> That's about the extent of my. Uh, familiarity with this uh jay i know you're more of a bleach fan but did you know anything about uh, burn the witch going into this um so i actually had stumbled upon burn the witch um a couple of months ago i was um on the bleach wiki because i am the resident bleach advocate and saw it recommended and i was like oh what is this and i saw it was you know supposed to be connected in some way so i kind of stumbled upon it yeah apparently this is like in the wider Bleach universe, which is interesting to think about, but we'll discuss that later. Uh, how about you, Jacob? Um, actually, uh, funnily enough, uh, I somewhat backwards of what happened to Jay after I finished reading uh, what we you know read for this section is actually everything that's available for Burn the Witch currently, and I was curious about uh, you know whether or not it was going to get more content. You know, if if there was any uh, talk about that. And um, I stumbled on specifically on uh, like Wikipedia was the first thing that came up. And it's like, yeah, that's a good place to start a search. Um, and that's where I know where I read. Uh, and it is in the Bleach universe, uh, you know, by author Tate Kubo, because like before that, Burn the Witch, I I like whilst I was like scrolling through all of the manga that's like available on the Shonen Jump app, I'd seen that title before, but that was the closest I'd ever gotten to having any meaningful knowledge base in it. The first time I, you know, ever like really looked at it was uh, when we were doing it for this week on the podcast. So that was a that was a big surprise finding out that it's actually directly in continuity with Bleach. And Matt, um, I don't know. I think I'm a little different than you guys. Uh, I guess I, I just really don't wear a lot of lighter colors. So um, I typically use Tide Pods. <laughs> um, so I, I don't even actually know what bleach is. Oh, my God. Can we strangle him? Please. Save it until after the episode, Jay. So I think that answers the question. Question mark? I don't own him. No. Anyway, Burn the Witch was, uh, from what I understand, it started off as just a one-shot that Kuba-sensei did, and then it, it was popular, so it got a, like, full volume out of it, and, uh, and an... OVA, I think, and that's where it stands now. Yeah, uh, from what I read, um, when the one shot came out, 
I mean, you know, we'll we'll get into it, but um, the one shot is is very obviously setting up a larger story. And um, that was more than popular enough to uh, almost immediately get it an OVA of the one shot whilst the first volume was being written. And uh, from what I saw, it's probably not coming out for a while, but a second like season of manga is how they're referring to it, Um, because that is really how they're treating it. A second season of manga is already in the works, uh, though there there apparently was a bit of a kerfuffle about how Shonen Jump uh, uh, threw on a coming soon tag at the end of uh, Kubo mentioning he was going to continue Burn the Witch. He apparently said jokingly, I was not happy about that. I did not approve of that <laughs> <laughs> because apparently it is not going to be forthcoming, which given given the size of the first volume, uh, the detail of it. Uh, you know, that that does make sense. It might be coming, but not soon. <laughs> so we start off in good old London town where we are following uh, Noel Nihashi. And th- this is already going to be confusing for me because I have a friend named Noel spelled the same way. So <laughs> I'm just <laughs> well, going you to see Noel is a boy's name, but not in Japan. In Japan, it's a girl's name. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah, um, I have a neighbor's cat who they thought was a boy and they named it Noel and then it turned out to be a girl and they had to go switch it. Oh, Noel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing for me. I've I've actually not. It's one of those ones where it's like I've heard the name Noel before, but I've heard Noel more. So when yeah. there was the comments about pretty sure in England, it is because, it, you know, it's like depending on it, it's a unisex name, depending on how you pronounce it. I'm more used to the feminine Noel than uh, Noel personally. So when that comment came up, I'm like, is that Japan not understanding how English names work? Oh, no. I also think about Christmas, like, well, that's Joy too, Noel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bring in the French in there and yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like Christmas when you get your KFC buckets. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. This is a long explanation for why I'm just going to refer to our protag Jan as Niha. But <laughs> <laughs> she is a student at a uh, local high school, uh, or at least that's uh, b- what she is by all appearances. You're definitely told she goes to high school. That's about we it. We never see that. We're also told that her uh, her partner is a pop star, and we see and- slightly more of that. The thing that most obviously makes Niha a high school student is she wears a school uniform, and that's about it. Mm. And also a work uniform. And I think they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think what the work uniform is, is just that shawl thing. She is uh, making her way uh, through town and finds cute dog on stairs. <laughs> and indeed, it is a cute dog. She's like, it, I will now I will now go interact with the cute dog. But it's a fluffy little dust bunny. I love it. It is. <laughs> But it's a trap, as um, one of our other principal characters, one Balgo. Balgo, Balgo, yeah. A totally normal Western name, Balgo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Balgo Parks leaps into action with intent on uh, peeking up her skirt. By jumping above her, I guess. Oh, he's just saying he wants to see her knickers, like... He's not a very bright man. Yeah, that, that, that's where I was going with that. He's he's not exactly the brightest knife in the crayon box. <laughs> and his uh, masterful plan does not work as uh, he receives a swift kick in the face. Uh, and apparently this is a regular occurrence as uh, Nia's like, 
huh, you managed to uh, complete your sentence even while being kicked in the face. <laughs> You've really improved. <laughs> She's got this sort of like uh, uh, deadpan aesthetic to her. Uh... She looks very sleepy at all times. And she, I kind of vibe with that. She has very much got the energy of like, eh, he's kind of annoying, but I also mildly enjoy the attention enough to like not outward. Like they've got a really weird relationship dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, I don't know if it was mentioned before, but they're also apparently classmates. Or something, mm-hmm. you know, that weird bleach dynamic where they're classmates, but they don't really focus on that. But they're always hanging out together, apparently. They know each other, and Balgo does wear a school uniform, I think. But mm-hmm. then they also mention in the, um, you know, extra chapter, like, the fact that he came back from a sentence or something. Like, as if he was serving a sentence in, like, jail or juvie or something. And I'm just like, what? Do we get any background on that? at the end of this chapter, that? that might be why. But Yeah, this uh, opening... This opening chapter, the original one shot, uh, does explain how he gets into a bit of a kerfuffle. But uh, he's lying on the ground like, so anyway, can I can I see your knickers? And she walks into a phone booth and uh, drops down into the ground. It's just successful to just ignore those people in your life. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that she is effectively a secret agent and decides to use the like secret elevator directly in front of this person also terrible secret elevator because it flips like it's a little bus terminal to reveal the secret location it's going to as it goes down <laughs> like yeah uh, yeah it goes from uh it goes from like you know telephone bu- uh, booth to wb before dropping it into the ground <laughs> I mean, hey, slow uh, enough I, to be perceived by normal people. Yeah, because yeah. this isn't like a style thing. This is a clue Balgo uses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think this kind of speaks to just how regular their interactions are that she he it, it's like, yeah, it's Balgo, whatever. And she kind of lets the guard slip a little bit. She does. She does accurately assess that no one would believe the things that he says. Mm-hmm. I, I guess one of my things I'm going to bring up here is I always throughout the entire reading, it never really got clarified for me. I was never really sure how much of a secret what's going on is supposed to be. That was something else I noticed, because there's another character who's supposed to be from the normal world that uh, doesn't seem particularly surprised by magical shenanigans that happen around her. Like, this is definitely not Bleach, where most people don't believe in ghosts. Like, Bleach starts with Ichigo getting mocked for being able to see ghosts. This Mm. seems a lot less like that. This kind of feels like the Dresden Files way of doing the magical other world, where it's like... Eh, we we try to keep it a secret. We don't try too hard because who the hell is going to believe it? it? It's an open secret by the fact that it is so ridiculous. Anyone who sees it and tries to reveal it would just be considered telling tall tales. Exactly. Especially if we're, you know, demonstrating any of the shenanigans in front of Balgo. I mean, mm-hmm. look at him. Believe <laughs> Balgo. That guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is directly stated about him and not inaccurate. She goes down the super secret magic elevator uh, into reverse London, which is exactly like regular London except magic. Which again, mm-hmm. I was not clear on. I thought it was like magical Dragonland, but no, it's also an entire city, which made a lot of later things make a lot more sense once I re-understood that. <laughs> I kind of think of it as, like, controversial enough, but going back to, like, the Harry Potter universe and you have the muggles and you have the witches, think about it that way. 
Yeah, it is. That, oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's done in that model. I, I would not be surprised if Taikubo took direct reference from Harry Potter when making this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't convince me that Kubo Sensei like doesn't is not aware of Harry Potter. I, I mm-hmm. you can't convince me. I, I think you're at the point you can't convince me that the vast majority of the world is not at least aware of Harry Potter. Like that's that's approaching like not quite Mickey Mouse, but like that level of like you should at least know mm-hmm. vaguely of it. But uh, it's here where we are introduced to our second principal character of uh, Minnie, who I absolutely love her name. <laughs> <laughs> Another completely normal uh, English name. What are you saying? You ain't never heard of Ninny Spangle. I, I apologize. The <laughs> numerous people I know download this from uh, the United Kingdom. Um, I don't know why I did that. I can't promise I won't do it again. We're, we are going to butcher your accent numerous times, and I only sort of feel bad about that. That's that's not even just Britain. Pretty much any accent. I think me and <laughs> Sam did terrible German accents back in the Helsing episode. Yeah. Yeah, the Werwolves? The Werwolves, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nini is quite swiftly introduced as um, she is berating some public servants who are doing repairs after an, after a dragon attack. <laughs> Which actually, now that I think about that, that's a that's a bit of early installment weirdness because they also later say that that hasn't happened in uh, like eighty six years. No, I, I I think they're referring to it. I also got confused by that. I think that's referring to a different thing. It, the scene it comes up in is very cloak and dagger. Yeah, she she just says the damage done by that big one the other day, which could be. We we do know that. J- not dark dragons mm. are are big and stompy and destructive too. So that's well, like dark dragons have to be doing things because that's the saber's entire thing is they fight dark dragons. But anyway, uh, she is berating them for fixing the advertisement screen first. <laughs> it's like well, no, well, she's what? she's specifically berating them for not being done yet mm-hmm. <laughs> because she ordered them to do the advertisement screen first because she's on it. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> uh, it is a big, like, traditional stone archway, very, like, old England. And on top of it is a giant, like, Japanese-style, like, soda advertisement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dragon <laughs> tears. And that would that would be a good candidate for uh, a meme edit of just editing Dragon into man. <laughs> man tears. Uh, <laughs> yummy. Uh, I could see Nenny doing it, too. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong, but it's here where we get a bit of exposition. Uh, Reverse London is uh, London specifically for people who are attuned enough to magic to see magical things. And it was specifically created because of dragons, which are kind of like your classic, you know, Western dragons, four limbs, two wings, big breathing fire and all that but also you know just weird and with a whole bunch of other different kinds of magic and it's like well they tend to be kind of dangerous so we need to conserve them so we have this alternate dimension london where the special organization Wingbind is in charge of dragon conservation and management like in all fairness the reason they did that was because in days of old um they didn't have reverse london reverse london has been created through magic mm-hmm. uh because previously 72% of all deaths in london were caused by dragons 
and this and is like medieval London, so that's yeah, oh, and yeah. That's why, and that's why there are dragons on the coat of arms. Because this was such a uh, commonplace thing that people are like, we need to put these incredibly threatening beasts on our coat of arms, which I mean. Yeah, I'd do it. They make it clear pretty early on that, like, dragon is a blanket term for, you know, any number of magical, like, basically any magical creature. They'll, they'll tend to be something along the lines of a Western dragon. We see one that is a deer functionally later on, so. I've likened them to, like, Pokemon. Oh, yeah, very much yeah. so. That's, that's actually a really good. The, the brooms our titular witches ride on are also uh, dragons. Yeah, they're just they're just long dragons. In all fairness, basically everything in um, Reverse London is a dragon. Because mm. I we get like a little like, oh, yes, these are all our modern conveniences in Reverse London that are all secretly dragons. Like to mm -hmm. the point that there is a toilet that grows plants that is a dragon. Mm -hmm. and, and the <laughs> the power plant is just a big electricity dragon. I, I I noticed the power plant being the electricity dragon. The one Matt mentioned, I missed that. And uh, you missed the plant potty. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the plant potty. They look so cute. I thought it was just a potted plant. That's what it wanted you to think. <laughs> I didn't want to know that other part. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is just a potted plant, Jacob. I thought it they added the Y to be cute. <laughs> That's not cute at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, anyway. Let's, let's get into some world building that we haven't even gotten to yet. <laughs> we, we get introduced to my favorite character, the chief. <laughs> I love oh, this guy. I love this guy. He's just the laziest overseer that you've ever had. <laughs> he's, that, he's that manager. Yeah, he is <laughs> that manager. He gets paid to not give a <laughs> Oh, he, he he also does. He gets paid more than the the <laughs> more than people the people doing actually the doing the yeah. Yep, which has Nini very angry. <laughs> but it's like, why are you so angry about this? You're literally a pop star in front London. You haven't you have enough money. That's not the point. Yeah, because um, what we get established like I think pretty early on actually is a uh, wingbind um pays its uh witches and wizards basically or who was doing the work of um dealing with dragons they pay them in missions that give both a cash payout and a point payout which is like a merit system mm -hmm. and our titular main characters are like opposite sides of the coin where Noel is all about the money cuz she is high school student who is presumably living on her own and then Ninny is a pop star so does not care about money but really 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 wants to rack up points so she can be promoted to the sabers despite the mm -hmm. fact in universe people keep telling her well no the sabers aren't a promotion they're just a different branch because the those two are the pipers yeah wingbind is split into a bunch of different uh subdivisions that each deal with dragons in different ways uh the pipers denoted by their like plaid shawls and well pipes like smoking pipes that they use to cast their magic are in charge of dragon harvesting where it's supposed they... to be bugles actually <laughs> yeah because it's I, like I, pied piper yeah yeah. yeah oh oh actually yeah that makes i always thought stuff. it was I, like harvesting and like herding of dragons because they're also yeah, supposed that, to be like conservership yeah of... in all fairness yeah, that, is, that is their job yeah they refer to it regularly as conservation which you know it's like 
keeping them under control uh, and making sure that they're able to, you know, continue providing the resources that they do. Like their mm-hmm. their typical jobs, from what I can tell, are like ethical hunting because regular people who aren't in Wingbind are not allowed to like even interact with dragons mm-hmm. because it is a punishment of 100 years or death. 100 like, years in prison or death. Yeah, one, 100 years in prison or death. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, Which one would you prefer? <laughs> we don't know how long the, uh, the magic users can extend their lives. So. Fair. But um, anyway, getting Wait. back, I, I think the point of Pipers is when we get to see their like branch head, he has a full on like trumpet. Or later, Algo is given a pipe and it's like pointed out that it's shaped weird, even though it's in the shape of a bugle. I, I don't know. I have I have Whatever. no idea what's going on with Balgo. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. I never know what's going on with Balgo. <laughs> and Balgo doesn't know what's going on with Balgo either. Great. So we're on the same page. He's a little, he's a little, little <laughs> tidbit of chaos that we kind of need in this universe. But uh, we actually cut to him and his uh, roommate, Selby? Selby or something? Selby. Selby? Yep. Another normal mm-hmm. Western name. <laughs> what are you talking about this is me mate selby i don't know why i keep selby. doing the voice <laughs> because it is funny there. they get into they get into a philosophical discussion about the hunt for knickers yep while also talking about how cute the uh the little dog oshui is but also selby's just like so you called me because you chased a girl down an alley first off bad move bro like what was that <laughs> And then <laughs> he almost literally says that. And he's just like, hold on. <laughs> Wait, so you chased her down an alley and then she disappeared into the fairy tale land of reverse London. Like, come on, dude. I took off work to come make sure you're okay. Because Selby's a good guy. <laughs> Selby is a yeah. good guy. Kids believe in Santa longer than they believe in reverse London. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not a dream or a delusion. A rose by any, any other name doesn't make you less of a bloody perv. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> Which is my favorite speech bubble. <laughs> Bogo's the best person to have magic adventures in front of because no one would ever believe so. <laughs> best friend doesn't believe him. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, yeah. yeah. Okay. Actually, is there much more until we get there? Because I think what we, we get is like a little... Um, there's a little behind the scene. It's world building and behind the scenes crap dialogue between mm-hmm. Minnie and Noelle. And we learn more about their dynamic and how, you know, more about um, how Reverse London operates and more dragon exposure and all that stuff. It's all yep. peaceful and quiet. And, yeah. How Noelle is a weeb. She we, is. Yep. <laughs> we, yeah. we learn we learn we learn that Noelle has a Dragon Ball ringtone. And Nini keeps calling her a weeb, but Nini seems to have more uh, more uh, aspects of Japanese culture uh, baked into her character than Noelle does. Yeah, she's yeah, technically Japanese, and then the audacity to say you're not real Japanese. You were born in England, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's a. <laughs> but she, but she, but she that would come off. But at the same time, when it's convenient for her, Nini likes to bring up, but you're Japanese. Why don't you act more Japanese? So it's like the inverse. That's very on brand, is you only bring it up when it's convenient for your argument. Yes. That Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Nini in a nutshell. Yeah, no, it, one of the things I sort of found funny about it was because, um, because of the way that Nini was talking and, and like, 
you know, I noticed things from like, this is, this is a very Japanese perspective on, you know, like the names, for example. It's one of those ones where it's like, there, there are like cultural blind spots where you don't realize that this is something that's so obviously and quintessentially Japanese and it's not really an English thing, you know. You don't mm-hmm. you don't realize what is an inherent part of your own culture unless you have explicitly experienced another culture and know directly how it's different. It it it's sort of a uh, there's there's a bit of a uh, eagle the making of an Asian American president element to it where the fact yeah. that we know better is what makes it funny to us. Even though I'm sure a Japanese audience would it would go right over their heads because I think it went right over the author's head. I do like how uh, actually in universe uh, Niha is referred to as a weeb because of her Dragon Ball ringtone. <laughs> Freaking weeb! I'm I'm not a, I, I'm not entirely sure that she isn't a weeb. We've not gotten quite enough evidence. Well, I mean, I don't think having a DBZ ringtone immediately makes you a weeb. I, I don't, it could be I a passive interest. I don't think it's a passive interest is the problem. If we're to take Nini at her like face value words, I think. Maybe um, Noel constantly brings up, did you know I'm Japanese? To the point that, I don't know, giving Nini the benefit of the doubt, maybe this constantly comes up and it's just like, okay, you're a Japanophile. I get it. You won't stop talking about Japan. (laughs) And then when she brings up. I see a duality here of her trying to like manage her identity as both ethnically Japanese. So she probably has, I don't know how her parents brought her up in the culture or not. But then at the same time, when she goes to school or interacts with Nini and others, you know, she's a Londoner kind of thing. Well, and the, just, yeah. All this is happening is they are picking grapes from the nose of a giant camel dragon. <laughs> For champagne. For yeah. champagne. It is very fantastical what they do. <laughs> I mean... And yet incredibly mundane, which is kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the joke. The big thing is the big thing is it depends on who you give the benefit of the doubt to, Nini or Noel, and I don't really trust either of their words. So that's why I say the jury's out on whether or not Noel's actually a weeb. I would trust Noel with my life. I don't know why. There is no <laughs> reason you should do that. <laughs> I mean, anyway. do you have money? Because then I'd say you're making a good choice. <laughs> Anyway, Oshui has exploded into a dragon. Yeah, that's that's basically what happens. There is a bunch of interstitial scenes, and then um, Oshui uh, oh, wings. He's little. He's Osushi. Osushi. Little, yes, because she oh, later gets teased about it. Why did you name your dog Osushi? Are you trying to be more of a weeb? Trying to attract a weeb girl. Yeah, that does track. Yeah, she tries to insert her Japanese culture, like selectively and it's just kind of like wait you named your dog sushi (laughs) yes yes but uh little sushi is now big durgan big evil looking durgan something straight out of dragon's dogma the girls are called back by the chief for some extermination which nini is all about because this is some sabers type behavior i love noel's dead ass reaction of like no not interested Click. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you hung up? This is our perfect chance to this is our perfect chance to show off that we're the strongest pipers and can be easily be sabers. I don't care about that. Why would I want to get involved that in fights? That doesn't pay more. I don't care. It pays the same amount. In fact, I think the pipers might actually pay more because they're providing a monetary service. Like, yeah. But we get uh, the little explanation here that dark dragons are dragons that have been corrupted by humans negative emotions 
Mm-hmm. Like, normally dragons are able to live just fine alongside humanity. It's just they naturally absorb, like, negative feelings and, like, desires. And that's what turns them into, like, homicidal monsters that need to be destroyed. And mm-hmm. as we said, Osushi rips into a, revealing he's been a dragon. Um, the dark desires he's been feeding on are put to the forefront when he screams out, Show me your knickers! <laughs> That's the reaction of the characters, damn it, Falco. The thing that does convince uh, Niha to join in this uh, extermination mission is the chief mentions that the uh, Dark Dragon outbreak was in front London, specifically in South Braxton, you know, the last place she saw Balgo. So, you know, some early hints that she does actually care about the dumbass. Yeah, and I I think it actually explicitly happens when he puts the coin that uh, Noelle dropped that she used to get into um, Reverse London. He picked it up and was going to use it to go into Reverse London, and then Oshusi dragon fies. We get, you know, a bit of, uh, <laughs> obviously, Balgo and uh, Selby are freaking out. Balgo is taking it shockingly well to uh, to uh, Selby's uh, great consternation. Why are you not scared of this? <laughs> but he's still I mean, a cute puppy. I mean, I he can't actually... now. I mean, I can't actually see what's going on because uh, Balgo can't see the dragon. <laughs> oh, that's right. They they show a panel from Balgo's perspective and there's just like, uh, there's like, uh, f- you know, dragon-esque footprints being stamped into the uh, paved stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, our heroes explode onto the scene and that's when the <laughs> show me your knickers line happens and <laughs> Niha the- immediately realizes oh crap it is Balgo I, we gotta save him <laughs> well well, th- it's one of the rare cases where Noelle actually has a facial reaction to something because she's very displeased about that mm-hmm. like, like when it's Balgo doing it it's mm-hmm. mildly annoying and it's worst but he's kind of endearing in a weird way so she lets it slide but <laughs> now like now it's crossed the line and she's actually mad at him like she's also mad from the point of view of like oh no he made that dragon oh no someone a human being who interacts with a dragon goes to jail for a hundred years or is executed and like every other witch in this entire series that punishment is mentioned and then they explicitly say hey if we just don't say anything nothing has to happen we can just sweep this under the rug considering we, it does get explained why that happens we'll get to later and the fact that people are willing to just sweep things under the rug is uh, a little concerning but we'll get to that uh it, it, in the moment here this is when you know uh ninny and noel tell the civilians to leave the area did they do their really cool like police tape spell in this or did that ha- does that happen later that, i think that happens that, happened, in, that happens later yeah i That's think that so happens cool. in chapter one Okay, we we get into a bit of dark territory here because uh, it's explained that uh, Sushi was actually dead, and the the dragon is a dark dragon disguiser that inhabited the body and puppeteered it about in order to be close to humans and absorb their uh, negative emotions. Doggo, Doggo was not Doggo. Doggo was dead. Balgo is still dead because the dark dragon comes out of Oshushi's corpse and Balgo is holding the dead dog and going like, no, he's just sleepy. And Selby's just like, bro, that is a corpse. No, he's 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 dead tired. All right. 
Bro, <laughs> are you stupid My, or in denial? I don't know yes, at this point. Yes and yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My, my favorite bit is when Selby is running away and it's like, why are you running? Noel is here. We'll be fine. I'm running because there is an invisible monster and flying ladies who wouldn't run. And I'm like, you coward. <laughs> I cannot abide such cowardice. It turns out he is an antagonist as it, uh, as we learn right about now, actually. Right, right about now, because he goes like, oh, well, if you're not going to separate and then, um, Noel has like a scanning device that keeps track of dragons and then notices like, wait a second, there are two dragons. Cut to panel of Selby going like, <laughs> didn't you know I was also a dragon? What? A, a really cool looking like drill mouth thing. It, it is friggin' awesome to look at. He emerges into his dragon form, almost devours Nini, but uh, thankfully Nihau was on the case and got her out of there. Yeah, because uh, essentially what um, the dragon who was Selby says is, uh, ah, yes, I've got two witches here. I, if, I if I kill and eat a witch, I will become a mortal. And both of the two main girls just go, that is definitely not true. I don't know why you would think that. That's just an urban legend. He's like, well, I'll eat you and then find out. <laughs> That's one way to learn, huh? So, yeah, there are actually uh, two disguisers. Um, Selby died at age seven, rescuing, uh, <laughs> Balgo from getting hit by a train. Which is also really dark. Yeah. And this, uh, dragon has been puppeting his corpse for the past ten years. Yeah, and it's, it's real heavy because then he's just like, because he's, he's telling Balgo this to get Balgo to leave because he's like, buddy, mm -hmm. eating you does nothing. You're just a human. I want to eat one of those witches. Look, I'm going to be honest. I know you got a thing for the, the black haired one. Go for it. If I, if I eat the blonde one and become a mortal, cool. You can have her. I don't care anymore. And I'm just like, bro, what, what's going on here? And then Balgo's just like, Selby, why are you doing this? He's just like, do I look like Selby? And he's like, well, first of all, you're a dragon. I can't see you. Maybe you should know this, idiot. And it's like, oh, Balgo, Balgo. <laughs> Balgo spitting facts. And he's just like, also, you just said my childhood friend died at age seven. Dude, we've been friend for 10 years after that. Like, if anything, you're more of my friend than the original Selby was. So why are you doing this? And it's like, bro. You're really giving me a heart to heart here, but I gotta I gotta let you in on a little what? thematic thing of this manga. Dragons are just evil. Yeah. Like textbook evil. We do evil things for evil things. Can I just say, Bulgo's whole I mean, Selby died at age seven, and we've known each other for 17 years, which means I've known you longer than I knew the original. That is um I, I, that's making me feel an emotion. I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. I don't have a name for this emotion. It's like a weird but empathy, sounds... but like also like a denial, but like it's, is it denial if the lie has been more true than? Yeah, that actually is something that uh, I think will be when, when we see the uh, other main antagonist of, of the series so far i do have some uh thoughts on that but this is a this is a really interesting element to like establish because the thing is like there there is this idea that dark dragons are just evil they just do evil for evil's sake but you know the dragon selby really doesn't change personality other than fighting the witches which like 
they attacked him and it's like he was going to attack them anyway like like not to not to say that like it could have been peacefully resolved or anything like that but like there is an element of that idea that dragons are just evil for evil's sake does kind of get challenged by balgo in a really really well handled way i guess what i really like though is how this like mini chapter resolves is basically the witches then are like well no he's trying to she, he, he's trying to kill he's, us I, if he's you still think trying any, to kill all three of us so if you think any amount of murder is okay he feels an attachment to you and is letting you go is not the same thing as being, as being like a nice as person being good yeah yeah he's still evil and he's still gonna hurt people so we still have to do our job but, regardless like, like it's like but, in D D, you can have an evil person on your party and they can be a cool bro and everything but also they're still looking out for number one in the end mm -hmm. and dragon selby goes to devour uh ninny but with with like his drill mouth unfurling into a big tape thing with teeth and it, it's really really it's spectacular. it's spectacular it's spectacular it's a drill dragon it's basically like sam's ideal dragon yeah if only it were a sexy lady drill dragon oh god please <laughs> don't turn this into sam's sex manga <laughs> look next on over manga cast interspecies review no please no. <laughs> <laughs> look we're gonna get to the other uh big dragon fight later on in the manga but uh Bulgo heroically, though he cannot see the attack, he knows it is coming, so he leaps in front and gets bit, which infuses him with enough Dracotoxins, which will be explained later, to uh, give him the ability to see dragons. And he's like, man, Selby, you really are f***ed up in the face, aren't you? Damn. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. in, in, in his in his uh no thoughts head empty uh, ways, like, uh, look, you're still my friend, but you're not looking great right now. Mm -hmm. Wow, no filter. I love it. Like you're still my friend, but I am utterly disgusted with everything I'm seeing right now. <laughs> yep. They uh they slay the dragon. Yeah, this is the distraction needed for Niha to get in there and use her absolute dragon shatter. And uh yeah, victory achieved. Day one. I'll go on the sidelines going like, man, I was really thinking his character arc was gonna resolve in him being saved, but no, no, you just killed him. And I'm like, yeah, good buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we killed dark dragons, them's the rules, job's over, good work. <laughs> and the chief gets a promotion to sabers instead of the girl. Well, you see, the management gets promoted for his subordinates' work. <laughs> and it's it's really great. Because the very beginning of chapter one, we find out he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> because he's too lazy. But it's like, don't worry, girls, I got you a going away present. It's Bulgo on a leash. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you mean a present? Well, he got bit by a dragon, so he's dragon clad now. So uh, we got to treat him like a dragon. And you're dragon conservators, aren't you? Have fun. You got a new pet. Wait, so... <laughs> Where is he living? Well, I mean, Noelle's got her own apartment, so he can live with no. Do you think this is a bad idea? <laughs> <laughs> also, Osushi is here now. Yep, because Osushi yeah. is back to being a dark dragon inside the dead dog body, which fine. Yeah. <laughs> Show me your knickers, Noelle. <laughs> but, um... So I, I think abstentially they kind of set it up. I think Nini also says sometimes she has to take Balgo. Yeah, they, yeah have, they have to share duties. I, I think it's just funnier when Noelle is taking care of him because she lives in a small student apartment. So they have like a weird curtain set up through the middle saying do, do not cross. 
Do we mm-hmm. know if Bago still has to like go to class and everything with her? Because they're I both would, students. I would assume he is not treated like a human being anymore, to be fair. I, I think he is, he is, he lives in reverse London now, and that's it. They don't go into it in detail, but that is how, that is how he's treated. 17-year-old I mean, kid dropping out of high school, not the worst thing. Balgo no. wasn't going anywhere after that. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Wasn't doing him any favors. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, like, if Noelle has to go to front London, would she then have to just keep an eye on him in front London as well? Well, I think so. Or, or when she leaves, that would be when she goes to when he goes to Ninny. Or I don't know. They no, because they both go. There, There's actually a thing in the first chapter about the fact that they're not actually watching him. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> just they're not in Noelle's apartment. <laughs> they get yelled at for it. <laughs> they have they have a joint custody or they have split custody and neither of them are, are paying attention to the baby. Nope. <laughs> Fought for split custody, but it turns out neither of them wanted a child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ninny is off it. So yeah, uh, that was the entirety of the, the special one shot. It's here where we get into the limited run volume where it's like, oh, this this was really popular. Hey, let's do more of it. And uh, there, were, there were a lot of elements of the one shot that uh, really did feel like it was banking on it getting picked up as a full series because mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't really mentioned it because in all honesty, it's it's generally speaking pretty, it's quite enjoyable. It was actually when I was looking up if this was going to get more, I saw in an article a, a bit of criticism of the series that uh, basically put towards the feeling I had was it felt unfocused. It was doing so much world building that it didn't, you know, tighten down on on a particular story and it felt like it was bouncing around a bit. It didn't it didn't hurt it that badly, but it was the thing that like kept kept me from really getting sucked into it. It felt to me like this was very much a pitch book. Yes, like, yeah, like absolutely. this, which is in all fairness. It's not meant to be read the same way like volume one of a manga would be because you don't want to spend too much on time on world building. You want to sell someone on what the main meat of your story is going to be, mm-hmm. which is cool dragon battles and like interpersonal conflict so you jump Mm -hmm. into that at the expense of well we need to do some more groundwork because i don't i don't have more building to build i'm trying to sell you a blueprint right now yeah Yeah. exactly and and it's like that was definitely felt but like there's a reason it got picked up because that didn't that by no means sunk it because the Mm -hmm. character the characters were enjoyable the world is interesting you know it, it did its job. I really like the uh, opening few pages of chapter one because it is uh, Ninny in some drip <laughs> walking around front London trying to get away from the paparazzi talking about how fairy tales, how fairy tales are bullshit because uh, <laughs> the reason it never pans out well for the fairy tale, uh, the fairy tale hero is the magic was never yours. So if only idiots get bewitched, then I'd be the one casting the spell. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I love this vibe. That's some bars. Yeah, I really love how this book ends like the entire like like that's what makes this like a cohesive story on its own mm-hmm. is like that that moral being like like uh, philosophized by her in the beginning. And it, then it ends with her like speaking it and bringing it into reality of like the main crux of Nini's character is like, I don't want to have things given to me. I don't want like her pop star life is ostensibly like things that are being given to her because she's being promoted and everything. She wants real power that comes from her because that's Mm -hmm. the only thing that's real to her. 
And that leads into her personality, why she wants those, you know, achievement points and why she wants to be recognized for her contributions. Yes. Yeah, she more. wants to be in the Sabres in particular because that's a more prestigious like it's not a it's not a promotion, it's a more prestigious side grade. The thing I the thing I really noticed was when you initially hear, you know, Ninny uh like doing this stuff about how fairy tales are stupid, it it makes her come off as a very like arrogant and dismissive character and how it gets reframed when it's bookended at the end is a really clever elucidation of her character uh really Mm -hmm. does a good job of showing the nuance and what she was saying that you know because i mean like ninny ninny is very much a uh like the cindere type character very much a diva both literally and figuratively. Yeah, she's lit- yeah. Yeah, no, actually, that's a good way of putting it. She's literally a diva. Like one of the defining elements of that character archetype is that they tend to have a bat do a bad job of explaining what they mean. And it takes uh, moments of emotional vulnerability for them to actually like speak from a heart in a way that that can actually land with someone. And this kind of does that for the audience because you get a very different impression of Ninny. It's the impression that the one shot chapter established, but you get a very different impression of Ninny the first time she gives the speech versus the second time. Yeah. And uh, we have her. And and I really like this uh, characterization. It, it's a very go getter personality. It's it's a very uh, it, it, it's she's a fun character and it fits really well with uh, <laughs> Niha's just I'm just here to friggin make money and live my life okay <laughs> they, they have a very red oni blue oni uh dynamic to them mm-hmm. yeah like noel needs money because she also just likes money i'm sure uh, yeah oh yeah she's, yeah she's definitely not hurting for it but um she takes a two-person job by herself for a uh bud buck contract that Nini like finds out midway through and it's like what were you doing we're a team. Well, you are late. And besides, I'd get more money if I did it my, by Ex- myself. Excuse me, Noel. <laughs> I was philosophizing for the first five pages of our book. We need this <laughs> narratively. You're the one going off doing cool stuff by yourself. <laughs> I'm 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 carrying the emotional weight of the of uh, this part of the story. And you're doing the cool action set pieces. It's supposed to be the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know anything about our character archetypes they don't get that meta by the way it's a it's it's all we're, subtext mm-hmm. we're clouding but um, and, yeah it's effectively almost immediately interrupted by um i think we get a cut from balgo's point of view of oshushi he took him for a walk because he's an idiot and <laughs> <laughs> take the, yes take the dog for a walk well Balgo, not a real dog <laughs> He's had he's had Osushi for about two or so months, so he's still a new dog owner. And uh, they, it's like they're having this entire argument back at Wingbind headquarters. I, we forgot my favorite part of the um, first arc that I want to just remember now is the one shot ends with when it says um, the emblem for um, Windbreak, a uh, w- Windbind, Wing, Wingbind, Wingbind. wingbind. Uh, the emblem for Wingbind uh, has always been SSWB, and you're like, oh man, but then you see the old gate, and what it says up there is Soul Society West Branch, and I'm like, oh, 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 oh I see what you did there. It makes absolutely no sense, but that's a cool way to end your one shot. Yep. 
<laughs> actually realized I didn't mention this uh, in my familiarity. I saw like maybe one or two ish episodes of Bleach. So that reference went completely over my head. I totally missed that. I don't think you're missing anything. We'll talk about it. in. The we'll talk about discussion. it later. Yes. But that was that was very much a case where that's for that's for people who know Bleach. And I was not one of them. So it didn't really mean much to me. Mm hmm. But anyway, uh, Otsushi has dragonfied. There are explosions in reverse London, I assume. Yeah. Because at this point, I was still not sure reverse London was an entire separate city. Um, but yeah, no, they, are, they are in reverse London uh, at Wingbind headquarters. They have they crossed over Diagon Alley. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, the other thing is Osushi is only sprouted wings and it's like they're they're full size dragon wings. So there's a coming out of small dog. There's an obviously humorous panel of of uh, tiny dust bunny dog with giant wings carrying uh, Balgo around by the leash. <laughs> I, I love the image. It's, it's this little fuzzball of sushi with its little tongue sticking out going blap. It's a dragon canine. And then we cut to seeing the explosion through the wingbind headquarters out the window. Meanwhile, Noel and Nini were um, spending their money from their job, which effectively covered the amount of a drink from the vending machine. Mm -hmm. And my favorite character interaction, and I think this entire thing is Noel and Nini going like, hey, you want to get a drink? And she's just like, oh, and Nini's just like, OK, yeah, I'll take a tea. And she's like, OK, you put in the money. I'll press the buttons. And I'm like, Noel, <laughs> she's got to save up that money. She's a student. She works hard. And they're and they're doing this <laughs> while Osushi is flying around, smashing buildings. There are explosions <laughs> in the background that they are uh, very poignantly ignoring. Oh, that's Balgo. Seems like it. Shouldn't we do something about that? You're in charge of him. I mean, we're in charge of him. <laughs> that's uh, that's when that's when the chief arrives to explain that he'd been fired and that he's their <laughs> boss again. So go do your job. I was clearly promoted at the end of the one shot because it's a cool ending. But that's not, I want to be a character in the continuing story. So I got fired for doing nothing. <laughs> he was fired because he didn't do anything. Well, it's like, whatever. Why should we go? Uh, why should we go grab him? We don't get any achievement points for watching him 24-7. And the chief is like, you're going on about that again? As I anticipated. So I got overtime approved for you too. All right, let's go. Say what you want. He's a chief who understands how these girls work. He, he knows how to motivate them. He understands <laughs> his employees. He also I understands know. himself because he definitely also got overtime. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is my favorite panel. It is such good characterization. <laughs> this is like, I anticipated that you would be difficult about this. So overtime. OK, let's go. Also say you're doing it for like public service or something at the end. But obviously, <laughs> and if anybody asks, we're doing it for social justice. You should have shouted that last part first, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and some poor, innocent reverse Londoner is getting caught up in the crossfire. And he's like, don't come this way. I'll get close to the dragon and I'll get in trouble, too. I touched okay. that dragon. I'm going to jail for a hundred. Like that's that is the conflict think, here. Has Bago? I don't think Bago's ever been explained that concept of like you are like literally towing a fine line. 
There is no way he didn't have it explained because he was arrested and sentenced and then put under house. Like he went through an entire legal procedure, I'm sure was explained to him. I think he's just an idiot. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I was going to say that was explained to him and it didn't help because it's Balgo. Yes. Uh, the girls fly in, uh, grab Balgo and Osushi, who uh, goes back to doggo mode <laughs> after get after getting some scratches. <laughs> He likes the ladies. Ladies make him go back to his puppy phase. Yes. <laughs> and the and the innocent reverse Londoner, he's like, hey, yeah, thanks for that. I, I didn't do anything, by the way. Just bystander over here. Oh, yeah. Not touch the dragon. Lick the touch the dragon stamp. What? This magical <laughs> device we have that tests how much dragon toxins are in your body. Oh, Okay. Also, if you fail this, you go to jail for a hundred years. What? Die. <laughs> or die. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, lick. Okay. 0.3 millicrests. That's nah, within acceptable levels. Have a good day. <laughs> what about window? My house exploded. Do you have insurance? Uh, <laughs> they have dragon insurance. Yeah, oh, what? You don't insurance. have insurance? Guess you're fucking out of luck, bud. That's, <laughs> that's not in England. That's America. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the reason that it is so forbidden for uh, ordinary citizens to interact with dragons is uh, unless you are a licensed witch or wizard, presumably trained to control the dracotoxins with magic or something, I don't know. Uh, but if you get too much of a buildup of dracotoxins in your body, you become dragon clad, which makes you more dragon than human. And also it uh, makes it so that you attract dragons uh, to your presence and uh, particularly dark dragons and uncontrolled random dragons wandering to find the person who is also a dragon in a populated area, as you might expect, is dangerous. Which makes one wonder why everyone's so inclined to just say, ah, forget about it. I just won't tell anyone. That becomes a bit of an issue, though there are <laughs> character reasons why it comes up twice. To, to this manga's credit, they also do kind of explain it by the end. <laughs> This is a very modern story in that these are a bunch of people basically doing a a day job, despite it being a fantastical universe like this is this is just, this is just their job. And it is a big organization with a lot of bureaucratic red tape to get lost in. And if it makes less work for me, I am it's fine with just letting it slide. Bureaucracy. And I don't want to do that paperwork, so we're just going to pretend it doesn't exist. There's mm -hmm. also a level of that, like, middleman where you're like, I don't want to be the one who has to make the decision that someone dies. Mm -hmm. I, I can avoid that by just pretending I didn't see anything and I save a life is like th there's a lot of value to that, in all fairness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the, the two cases where people turn a blind eye to someone who, strictly speaking, probably should get called, because specifically one of them is Balgo, and, you know, as established, uh, Noel, like, Noel finds him, like, you know, like, his his quirkiness has, a, a you know, a charm to it, which it does, like, you know, Balgo is charming, like, he's, he's the mm -hmm. charming idiot archetype. There's some chemistry going on there, that is very obvious. Yeah, so, yeah. so, um, you know, her not wanting to call him because them's the rules it makes sense and then there's another case where someone you know is like i i'm just gonna pretend i didn't see anything and we'll all walk away and this never happened 
there's another case where it's like a similar situation. I, I do like how uh, it's brought up that <laughs> basically they're all subject to the system. It comes up every time uh, Nini is complaining about how unfair it is that they do all the work and the chief gets all the credit. <laughs> As uh, Niha's just like, yeah, no, that's how an organization works. I know that doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. Specifically, how the chapter ends is uh, Asui had actually uh, sprouted wings because a dangerous dragon was closing in on Balgo. Mm hmm. Uh would be more important if that dragon actually got established at all. It's literally just a monster for the girls to fight. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an action set piece for the end of the chapter is what it is. This is where the, the cool uh, police tape spell comes in. Oh, I love mm -hmm. the police tape spell so much because they just like, OK, go. And it's like, do not cross dragon witches. And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> Keep out witch wizard only dragon exclusion barrier while that's going up uh just hit it with a stun ball all right mission solved we're good call on the chief get an extraction team and oh god its face fell off noel instantly knocks it out no and uh ninny's like then why did you make me put up the barrier just in case mm -hmm. i love how um everyone in reverse london gets like a emergency alert on their cell phone of like hey just reminding you if you touch a dragon go to jail or die hey just reminding you if you touch a dragon go to jail or die and meanwhile nitty's just like noel why are you listening to that <laughs> they called me <laughs> please avoid the dragon exclusion zone but yeah as it turns out this random uh rampaging dragon uh is actually a dark dragon which sets up the uh greater blockade and we get a really we get some really good like uh glamour shot in this of uh, the girls on a roof in action poses silhouetted against the massive dragon <laughs> rampaging through the city. We also get um, a, like one of my favorite parts of Bleach was when they uh, cast their spells because like spell casting and Bleach was like, I think they read a haiku for each one of the numbered spells and they're numbered yeah. in this too. And they like recite an actual like incantation kind of mm -hmm. that level. like there is a level of like methodology and like structure that i feel is missing on a lot of like popular culture magic because you're like like the the stages of like a wizard is like ah oh, yes this is a person who has memorized spells and everything and they have like a structure to them but like in a lot of magic fantasy what you get is like, this spell does fire because fireball and it's just like but no this mm -hmm. is we have a set number of these they do a specific thing we have maximized the and i love it i just love that like nonsense of we're not going to explain to you what they are, but there is a structure there. One of the little details I liked is that the uh, drag, the dark dragon alert was going out from uh, the reverse London BBC. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta remind you, we're in London. We are in London. <laughs> we actually don't get to see the entire cool action fight because it cuts to uh, a table of uh, antagonist looking characters. <laughs> Here, all watching this. Here's all the characters you'll get to meet if you, uh, dear reader, make this popular enough for it to get picked up for another season. <laughs> I mean, it really, it really feels that way. <laughs> the way like, it's presented. Look how cool these guys look. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Which, in all fairness, gives me bleach flashbacks to the captains of like, hey, look, this guy's got a dog head. What's that about? Read more. <laughs> hey, it got all my attention. Okay. <laughs> it was successful. It works. Was it Bruno? Oh, you mean you mean Grim Joe? They are the I same like, character. Let's be honest. I literally <laughs> could not focus for the first like few pages because I'm just like that. That's Grim Joe Jagger Jack. 
Let's let's let's, let's, let's let's get to his introduction and we'll, we'll go over. I do like that his uh, name is Bruno Bangknife. Yes. Yeah, they they all the captains are also equally dumb in their names. Well, I, a really weird. Them, a lot of them, it's the case where it's like either their first or their last name is fine, but it's the other name that is hilariously wrong. What, are you saying Bangknife isn't an appropriate last name? Which makes <laughs> you think they know exactly what they're doing. Ah, uh, yes, we're the Upper London Bangknives. <laughs> Uh, are you are you telling me that Tronbone Tekkenen, the garden gnome looking dude? <laughs> okay, fair enough. His name is Tronbone. <laughs> I want, and he's the head of Pipers. I want to know if his name was just supposed to be Trombone, or you thought putting the N in there wouldn't make it obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Crotonbone Dekkenen. <laughs> yeah, and he he literally just looks like a garden gnome crossed with, like, real fat Santa. Just like, whoo! <laughs> oh, it's been a whole century since a dark dragon got loose in reverse London. It's only been 96 years. Actually, I don't think I don't think I don't think Tronbone says anything because uh, it's mostly uh, Bruno yelling. It's mostly Bruno screaming at everybody. Why am I the only one who cares about the fact that this happened? What's my favorite one is the the captain who just doesn't show up. So they have an absent marker. <laughs> and yeah. why aren't you here? He says to the <laughs> out to lunch sign. <laughs> At least bother to show up. But yeah, that's uh, that's basically just nothing in that scene really comes up other than there hasn't been a dark dragon attack in reverse London in 100 years. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'm not it, quite sure what that line means, but whatever. It means the plot is about to happen. Yes. I think my favorite of the heads is um, the head of the Gallows Punishment Corps, Wolfgang Slashot. <laughs> is that meta enough for you? All the names are dumb and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> They're so dumb. dumb de dum I would be embarrassed to put these names on a D&D character sheet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not. I will shamelessly adopt them. Okay. But, but anyway... Uh, Balgo's gotta die now, so... Oh, yeah, they, they do decide that, uh, Balgo is attracting dark dragons to London, which, uh, not good. Fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they are putting an execution order out on him, but, um, because there's a giant amount of bureaucracy in Wingbind, this can take anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> I love how they're not even sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen eventually. Now that we have the plot established, let's get to the actual uh, in thickening of said plot as we get a shot of uh, the paparazzi in front London, where uh, we mention we keep mentioning that Ninny is a uh, pop star, uh. but she's a part of the band uh, Cecil Die Twice. You know, a and... normal name for a pop group in England. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think they're trying to go after like that dark, like not grunge, but like. They don't look grunge. They look like J-pop you know, idols. They look like J-pop idols. No. Yeah, no. They look like KDA. Well, I, well, That's I another... I was going to say they don't look like J-pop idols because I was going to imagine them being dressed in mostly black and maybe like TJ being like maybe in a lighter pastel or white or something. But their like entire aesthetic was more like not goth, but like emo kind of with Nini's hair and everything. 
and makeup. I mean, we see them in ads, though, and they're kind of bubbly, but maybe that's just the advertisement. That's probably just the advertisement, honestly. I'm looking at the ads and they kind of look like nonchalant and like staring off into like the side or whatever. Like they don't like they want to be emotionally detached and everything and and like grungy the way that they were treating this was very idol-esque and that i i sort of read that as another case of uh japan not realizing that that's not exactly universal yeah and and considering what happens in this very scene we're talking about i don't believe they're like a grungy band because um there's the big drama in that her uh, co-star quit yeah macy baljour yep because they're only two because yeah they're a duet yeah, because there's Macy, and is Macy supposed to be TJ? Like, I don't know. They're not ultra clear about it. It, anyway, it doesn't really matter. She has been replaced with a Vuman, which is a <laughs> CGI <laughs> character, which is why I don't think they're a grunge band, because I don't believe they're a grunge a band. I, they got a Vocaloid. Yeah, I... I I, I don't see like they're adopting um, like Aspa's aesthetic. Like I, I can't imagine teenage dirtbag, but like the guy on drums is an anime girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you I, I don't expand know. your horizons then. I don't know. I could see it. Baby metal exists. I mean, she listened to Iron Maiden, baby. Konnichiwa. Oh, my God. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we're getting this through a an E style gossip tv show uh the opening of last chapter when uh nini was avoiding the paparazzi she was grumbling about how it was so freaking annoying under her breath so of course this uh salacious uh gossip show makes this up blow it, it up out of her fortune is she talking is she talking about macy when she says that and then um the tv that this is uh being displayed on blows up and a shadowy figure thanks an ellie for uh her fury on my behalf and i'm like okay <laughs> but now it's time for some uh now it's time for something out of uh ancient magus bride with uh niha's morning routine yeah this is this is where we get the bit with part of the bathroom is cordoned off with uh the do not cross curtain mm-hmm. and uh there's balgo just sitting in the bathtub uh cooing about how cute osushi is mm-hmm. which to be fair very cute. He might be yeah. dumb, but he does recognize cute. So, hey, he he, you're right. He might be dumb, but he recognized cute. He picked Noel. He's a man of culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This is true. This is true. We do learn that uh, her her broom dragon is named Wordsworth, which is adorable, and I love it. Gotta remember, we're in the UK. Yeah. My other favorite bit comes in this, where um, the gossip mag, where it's talking about um, her breakup uh Nini's breakup in the um thing she's just like wait did you get a hold of this and hands it to Balgo and he's just like oh man they broke up he's like oh I forgot you're an idiot who can't read magic newspapers taps it with her wand and then it flips over as if it's like a train car to reveal the actual news story which is oh, Noelle's on the cover and Nini breaks it <laughs> why yeah. are you on the cover <laughs> Where are you on the cover as the wing bind headliner? Yeah, what what ends up happening is Noel gets a phone call, sees it's from Nini, hands it to Balgo and says, you answer it. And he's like, why? That's when we get the bit with the newspaper. And uh, Balgo still doesn't understand because he's an idiot, but he picks up anyway and gets the screaming. Oh, that's the other <laughs> favorite part is she's like, wait a second. I'm the only one allowed to answer Noel's phone without her permission. Noel, no one is allowed to answer my phone without my permission. <laughs> 
It's pretty great. This throuple they have going on is adorable, oh and I love God, it. Don't. You know I'm right. Don't worry, it'll get more awkward. Just wait. We're we're only halfway through. We need a fourth. Slowly making our way to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, during this tirade, uh, they do get called by the chief and it's like, hey, we've got a we got a job for you. It's Saturday. Screw off. How's five times the pay sound? We're in. He's a great manager. I didn't know if you just tell people you don't want to work Saturday, they offer you five times the pay. <laughs> I, I, I wish I'd known. When, we need to we need to abuse that. <laughs> Take notes, dear listeners. <laughs> Whilst they're going out to go do the job, I get one of, uh, we get one of, I think my favorite line in the entire thing. Nini is complaining incessantly because of course she is. And they're taking Balgo with because they have to watch him. So Balgo is is asking why Nini's so angry and uh, Noelle, you know, makes the... I forget exactly what the lead up to this is, but by the end of it, Nini's response is... uh, that's not why I'm angry. I'm angry because I'm mad. <laughs> People die when they're killed. <laughs> it's it's such a it's such an in character thing for her to say. I've worked myself up into a huff, and I can't unhuff myself. That is my what I'm angry about. <laughs> it's so yeah. Funny. I I love how uh, uh, they show up to work, and the chief is there, and it's like, wait a minute, why are you here? Don't tell me you're also getting five times the pay just for telling us to show up and do something. And he's just got a smile. It's like, <laughs> anyway, here's the introduction to today's assignment. Don't you ignore me? That's five times the pay. That's also what I'm getting. Yep, only five times. anyway today's briefing an illegally reared dragon being kept somewhere in reverse london you two go look into it bring balgo with you here make him wear the uniform so yeah this is the most obvious setup ever but uh we were all aware of the girls go along with it because five times pay we have a great moment where uh since they have to bring uh balgo along he's riding on uh, the broom with niha and he's like this is the greatest i get to wrap my arms around her and uh ride in the safety of her aura and maybe if the broom jostles a little bit my arms will rise up and graze her her boobs a little okay shut up (laughs) he does threaten to drop him (laughs) yeah have you considered that falling from this high would kill you (laughs) i just feel so blessed they are they are a special couple (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they are (laughs) it's kind of great they immediately get into a fight basically with um uh, lo and behold, the only other character who's been named at this point was the person with the dragon. <laughs> Macy. Yeah. Well, it starts off with uh, they're going to uh, deal with their deal with the problem. And there's an explosion in the city. It's like, hey, there's an explosion. Shouldn't we deal with that? No, that's what the police are for. Specifically, she says, like, terrorist attacks are the police domain. And I'm like, oh, well, but Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, look, when I said this is a very modern story, this is this clearly takes place in like the 2020s, uh, both because of that and also later Nia calls an antagonist cringe. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was pretty fun. <laughs> Noel correctly points out that, like, you know, the explosion could be the dragon we're looking for, just saying. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And there's probably points in it. Yeah, whatever. Let's go that way. <laughs> and as it turns out, it was the uh, the office building of the Realist, which is uh, that uh, that salacious tabloid that uh, wrote those was... mean, mean things about Ninny. How dare they say mean things about Ninny? Oh, 
You don't know who I am? I'm Macy. Nini does not care at all because she's like, it's the paparazzi. The paparazzi is always stupid, whether it's front London or reverse London. I don't care. This is also where we get the 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 like little lore drop that uh, if a building is destroyed in reverse London, it destroys the building in regular yeah. London, which honestly raises more questions than it answers. But yeah, terrifying. It, you see absolutely nothing. And all of a sudden buildings are crashing down. Like, is it like real time? At that point, what's the point of having Reverse London be a separate Because people are living in Reverse London. It's a separate... Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand how the two are connected, and I don't think it's made very clear. No, it's not. Yeah. Stay tuned to find out how they are connected. <laughs> it definitely won't be cleared up in season two. I promise you that. Yeah, it won't. But anyway, but but anyway uh, Nettie's using the fact that she's a pop star to uh, get some info out of the crowd. And it's like, yeah, we saw some lady go in. Uh, Wait a minute, some lady looks up. Wait a minute, is that Macy? Hold on. They recognize Nini, but they don't recognize Macy? I th I, I think she was... I think uh, mentioned something in passing about how it looked like, but, like, she wasn't in her uh, makeup or something I, like I'm, that. I'm just saying, <laughs> Macy leaving the group makes a lot more sense if that's what the public's reaction <laughs> is. Fair anyway. point. <laughs> no one can recognize you. Nini and who? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Nini immediately rushes up uh, higher on the building in order to go investigate. Niha goes to follow. I'll go along too. No, you stay here. It's dangerous. Uh, okay. And uh, this is where uh, Nini has to confront Macy. What the hell are you doing here? Like at all? Seriously? How are you even you're, here in the first place? You're you're a muggle. This is Reverse London. Why are you here? Ah, well, you see. I have a dragon. It's very bad. <laughs> I wasn't the one that set that uh, bomb off. I just have Ellie here. Macy, you, you, you give me that dragon and I'm going to forget this ever happened. No, Ellie's my friend. Okay. <clears throat> you want to see a flashback of me raising her from a little baby? No, that'd probably mm. make me sad. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you this for your own sake. You give me the dragon and we make this go away. You're the one who told me to not believe people who say they're doing something for my sake. No, that's uh, that does sound right, actually. <laughs> Especially in the, the entertainment business. That's uh, that's very yeah. good advice. We get a great moment where uh, Niha flies in and uh, gets a quick recap from Nini about the situation. It's it's very casual. It's just, you know, partners in the... Uh, in the force filling each other in and macy is immediately like who the hell are you why are you talking to my girlfriend whoa 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 whoa, whoa. I... throwing throwing desks at her yeah she gets like this whenever i talk to other women it's like that's not normal nini says something to the effect of uh whenever i get friendly with other women and uh uh noelle is like we were being friendly <laughs> i was being friendly with you <laughs> friendly with a lot of other women to the point that you know this is repeated behavior the, the main takeaway is there's a lot of good reasons these two should not be working together anymore. Um, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. also, we get like, it's from Macy at this point. No, it's later that where Macy goes on her mm -hmm. long tirade about why she quit the band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway, Niha, you keep her distracted. I'm going to go fly up to the roof and flank her. Wait, hold on. You can't just and then explosion. Nini falling off the roof. And there he is. Balgo, looking really cool. Uh, Br Bruno, yeah. Oh, looking Bruno really Bang. cool. And looking exactly, no. Balgo yes. never Balgo, Balgo it was never then cool. that I had the, cl it clicked for me that this was, yes. Okay, so 
the the character Grimjow from Bleach and Bruno look very similar. And it's that, ridiculous. I, I was willing to like gloss over that because there's a lot of like similar fa- Tight Kubo is not known for many dynamic faces. He normally does his like make a character look different in like their clothing or their body type. So like mm. I'm I'm seeing a lot of same faces. I'm like that's just how he draws. Bruno, I'm like that's that's Grimjow, but maybe. And Grimjow then would later, wear this. That's the thing. Then, he's the same personality and everything. And then later, when when he's doing his fighting thing, he pulls up a bandana so that he has the skull along his bottom face. I'm like. That's literally Grimjow. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even being subtle about it. That is that's, the same mask Grimjow wears, but a bandana in modern times as opposed to pieces of his skull. I'm here for it. I'm here There's, for it. <laughs> so, so we're getting some Eden Zero vibes of uh, this character yeah, seems yeah, familiar. Like what Eden Zero does to literally every character in it, this guy is Grimjow. <laughs> uh-huh. We get a we get a brief uh, scene with uh, the chief uh, peeking in on a high on a high uh, level uh, meeting and the head of Sabres is like, what the hell are you doing here? Weren't you fired? Oh, uh, well, I just came to give my uh, formal goodbye to you. Uh, are you aware of the crisis that your subordinates are in? My subordinates are in a crisis. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, I, I really like this scene because it's where you start getting the idea that Chief knows more than he's letting on. Well, yeah, no, this is this is a really good scene. Yeah, I like that, too. I, I love how he's got a bit of uh, Columbo energy and that he's he's actually really, really competent, but he plays it being a, a scruffy, lazy, disheveled buffoon. man in order buffoon in order to throw people off their guard. And I really like that about him. It was like, my subordinates are in a crisis. <sighs> anyway, yeah, Bogo Parks has been uh, authorized for uh, for execution. Uh, the alert should be going out soon. Try not to have your girls get caught in the crossfire. And then we cut back to uh, them confronting uh, <laughs> Bruno, who <laughs> Noel does not recognize at all. <laughs> what do you mean you don't recognize me? I love how Bruno then basically explains the entire plan to them. <laughs> Uh, then he recognizes him. Uh, he as the uh, as uh, Bruno Bangknife, director of the Inks. Sheesh! At least one of you recognizes me. Anyway, yep. Uh, we're gonna just kill uh, Bulgo now. So uh, stay out of the. He, just, he's uh, stay. he's trying to talk them into backing down, and that's the point where we get. Uh, I believe it's Noel uh, says that his die job is cringe. <laughs> okay, we're doing this then. <laughs> That's when he puts <laughs> up the bandana and then you find out that um, his entire like fighting style is like a graffiti artist where he's got. I love this so and much. He's got spray paint. And like what he does is he does like summoning circles. And then his incantation is the cell number of a creature. Mm -hmm. And he's like unleashing things they have captured. <laughs> Oh, it is so cool. I love his entire fighting style. And, and it just lets uh, Kuba Sensei go crazy with uh, drawing weird monsters and uh, giant street art, basically. Like, um, uh, I, this is a deep cut that probably no one but me will respect. Uh, the the um, manga Muho and um, Reishi, uh, spiritual 
they're either spiritual detectives or spiritual lawyers. I forget what it is. But their entire thing is a fighting style based around that where they have a judge book where different magical creatures have been sentenced to different pages and they summon them from the like, it's real cool. That oh. sounds really cool. Yeah, we should read that sometime. We should put it on the list. <laughs> well, since uh, you're decided to make yourself my enemy, bring on the workers comp forms. I'm writing two incident reports. Actual line. And I love it. Well, I'm beating up some subordinates. Better inform HR. <laughs> yep. We get a bit of a fight scene that we move on to our next plot point by uh, Macy and Ellie uh, arriving on the rooftop, who's uh, very confused because we do we do get some of the explanation on how things happen piecemeal from like this is the point where it's like, uh, yes, the uh, the dragon attack was in fact staged. Uh, mm -hmm. because they, uh, it wasn't a dragon being reared in reverse London. It was a dragon being reared in regular London that, that you know, they'd yeah. already found and they used as bait to lure out Balgo. The girls grab Balgo and Macy and flee, leaving Ellie behind, who screes in displeasure at this. And uh, I do love Bruno getting ready to give chase because he summons his own dragon, Rickenbacker. <laughs> it kind of looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh monster, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, Macy had found Ellie, uh, reared her in front London, and uh, it was the one thing that made Macy feel special because even though she was like a pop star, she didn't really feel like it was genuine because it's like I'm pretty and I dress and I clean up well and I can dance. That's literally it. I don't add anything creatively to the band. She Ellie made me feel like I was something special. Yeah, she. She's just a pop star because she's naturally good at it. And it was people telling her she should. But like mm -hmm. she had no passion in it. It wasn't her. It was something that was gifted to her, mm -hmm. which to bring it back to the the like line that bookends this is she's just like, I had my fairy godmother grant me like this. Like it's a really good life, mm -hmm. but it's not what she wants because it's not her doing it. And uh, she says that Bruno came to her and said, hey, that dragon could get something good out of this. <laughs> this is it. I'm going to be led somewhere special. And it was just a trap. She was just being used as uh, as bait. And uh, she's having a bit of a crisis just in time for uh, Bruno to ride in on Rick and Bacher. Look at that. <laughs> I, lo I love everything about the way he fights. Yeah, I, I, I really liked the scene with Macy and her uh her crisis because again you you get that um element of you know ninny's character archetype isn't good at like c conveying uh emotions because she's so extreme all the time and from the outside looking in it, it's pretty easy to get the sense that like ninny and macy are friends and that's almost entirely the reason why macy didn't like just leave the band immediately macy wants it would seem to be more than friends but that's beside the point in this case and you know ninny was absolutely on board with you know macy just doing whatever made her happy she did you know macy hadn't you know told ninny any of this about her uh her feeling mm -hmm. like you know she hadn't done anything with her life that was hers mm -hmm. uh and it, it does a it does a really good job of setting up the reframing of the fairy tale thing at the beginning yeah, I, I really liked that. It it was a very uh, human reason to be caught up in all of this. And, you know, it, it started off as feeling a little. It's like, that's what it is. This is just a, a jilted lover situation or an unrequited feeling situation. But no, it, it ended up being like 
way more than that. It was a far deeper character motivation and uh, it uh, plants the seeds for a lot of potential growth out of Macy. Mm -hmm. uh, if this, uh, if this proceeds with a season two. Uh, I believe it is. I, I believe it is indeed greenlit. It's just, it's going to take longer than was initially advertised. I, I think what's yeah. happening is um, I, I'm going to be honest. I think uh tight Kubo might be more in line of like, I want to release in limited series because I, I know he has not had a great history with serialized uh, deadlines. Like he, mm -hmm. I don't think he enjoyed it near the end well, of Bleach. Oh, there's a lot of words, words, words about what happened with Bleach. So, yep, no, I, I believe that. Uh, and I mean, honestly, you know, he did have Bleach, which is one of the, which is one of the big three. And it was the, or uh, it, it was up there with the big three. And it was this massive global phenomenon. He's probably got- Don't open that can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got- Up there with the big three, people will get <laughs> angry. I, I, yeah, you know, Bleach. the big three, Attack on Titan, Akira, and- Dorema. Anyway, the, my point being, Bleach oh, was wrong just, in the comments. My point being <laughs> <laughs> that Bleach was a global phenomenon. So Kubo's got, you know, the probably ha still has like a lot of money and clout left over from that, which would allow him to do these limited release things. He's got the weight to be able to say, no, I'm not doing another serialized thing. You're going to get something like burn the witch out of me every couple of years and you know it's done when it's done and it's done when it's done and you know what good for him but uh we do need to get on to uh the last chapter where it's setting I up I think it feels like everything wrapped up thematically uh in this little narrative arc macy kind of came to terms with it um hold on what's going on with that dragon <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it looks like they're uh gearing up for the boss fight against bruno uh ellie flies in bruno goes to destroy her and she vanishes with a magic ninny recognizes his stealth scale uh i thought it just emerged from the darkness but no it it literally can poof in and out of existence and uh bruno also recognized it and is like Oh, come on. Do not tell me. <laughs> Do not tell me that this is some high level dragon that I'm dealing with here. And then uh, she uh, molts in the moonlight into uh, aesthetic. I love this. It's so cool. Oh, I got my favorite aesthetic is when a manga goes like, oh, no, she's she's not just a dark dragon. She is one of the Martian Mar Martian. It's Martian. It's German. So, yeah, Martian. She's she's one of the Martian. Um, one of seven dragons that are said to be the, the progenitors of dark dragons. And I love their names because they just list all mm -hmm. seven of them. They are Snow yep. White, Cinderella, Red Dress, Golden Axe, Band of Animals, Sugar House, and Bubbles. And the Cinderella is the one that uh, molts in the moonlight into a fully fledged dragon. And I, I love this. She looks so cool. She molts in the moonlight. She scatters dust that explodes. It's so neat. <laughs> oh, I love too how um, Ninny and Bruno are both waxing poet, or Bruno mainly is waxing poetic. He's like, all I know about this thing is legends. They say that wherever her dust is scattered is enveloped in light. And Noel. Oh, it's goes, Noel. It's Noel saying this in deadpan. <laughs> wherever the dust is scattered, it. Uh, the star ash it produces when agitated, uh, wherever it falls is engulfed in light. That's just explosions! <laughs> it's just exploding everything! 
mean, you gotta embellish a little bit when you're making fairy tales, right? And they're yeah. technically like, not wrong. Nintendo <laughs> literally says that. As it chops a good, like, two feet off of the top of the reverse London skyline, Bruno's like, hey, Bogo, guess what? I got a bigger fish to fry. You get to live a little longer. Ooh. As he, he puts on his bandana, I'm going to kill a legendary dragon. This is electrifying. Let's go. Yep. He's hype. Don't tell me you're... He's super hyped. Don't tell me you're going to fight that thing. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I love him. He's great. That's an attitude I vibe with. <laughs> oh, what? Yep. Big, strong monster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he rides into battle on Rickenbacker, and it's like, well, I guess we're just not going to get involved in this because this is a big, dangerous enemy. And uh oh, some of the exploding dust is heading this way. Guess we're involved. <laughs> And he complains about the fact that it seems to uh, seek people out. <laughs> uh, I think this is the point where they're still running away and we get the scene from Macy where she's just like, well, no, that's Ellie. I can probably just reach her. And they're like, uh, that's not going to work. Didn't I tell you fairy tales are fake? <laughs> what I like is, uh, you know, the girls form up with uh, Bruno, who's like, all right, we're on the same team again. So just follow my lead. We're going to break the horn in the middle of the crown. That's where its biggest artery is. If we break that, Cinderella's a goner. Isn't that just a legend? We're fighting a fairy tale. What do you mean? Is that just a legend? <laughs> which, which I loved. It's like we are currently in interacting that... with a legend, a mythical creature. What else do we have to go on? <laughs> Imagine fighting a dragon and not basing your battle strategy around fairy tales. Couldn't be me. <laughs> we get big fight scene and they're the best they're able to do is hold Cinderella off. They're keeping her relatively contained, but they can't really do any like serious damage. Mm -hmm. And this is when we get uh, Macy saying that, you know, I can get through to her. And I really like this scene because it's it's actually very similar to the situation with with Selby, because Macy goes up to the edge of the roof and says, Ellie, calm down. And Ellie stops attacking. She she sees uh, Macy, the, the human who raised her, and she stops being overtly hostile. Unfortunately, she is still shedding scales that explode on contact with anything that isn't air. So, mm -hmm. like, it's not, like, actively malicious at this point, but it's still extraordinarily lethal because we've already established these scales will seek people out. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's like what we're getting, like, I think the running theme for these is, like, the dragons, there is a level of inherent malevolence to them that might not even be, like, a personality-wise. Like, it's like... There's a reason you don't raise a grizzly bear as a pet. Uh -huh. They might like you just fine, but also... They might accidentally maul you. They will just break things and destroy things you need to live and probably are going to hurt people. And maybe even you, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have to go away, you stupid dragon. I don't love you anymore. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> this is when we get the reframing of... Um, the uh, fairy tales are dumb. There was a di dismissive tone to it originally with because it like we don't hear the very end of the speech in the first part. Mm -hmm. It ends with something to the effect of the magic ended because you broke a promise. That's stupid. And then we finally hear we finally hear the coda to that. No, the magic stopped because you stopped. The reason the power fades halfway through is because the power was never yours. Yeah, so, you know, 
do things for yourself, which, you know, is an echo of what Macy had been saying and feeling. That's like a really cool action scene, too, with like the spell casting and everything. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, at some point, Balgo gets a sword. I don't know what that happened. Did Cinderella give him the sword? Okay, so nobody knows. Like, he literally is holding his bugle, and it morphs into a sword, and even Noelle and Nini turn around and be like, what the hell? How'd you get a sword? That's supposed to be a prop. Why did that do a thing? Did they give him the sword to begin with, or did Cinderella turn it into... Because they focus on Cinderella, like, looking at them right before that, but that also could just be that's what they're fighting. My, and then Balgo gets a sword and then proceeds to not use it. So I don't know. Yes. The, the point is the the manifestation of the sword is equally in universe, a mystery and a shock to everyone. I love it because uh, they're squaring up to fight Cinderella. Balgo's like, is there anything I can do? You can go hide in a corner, but I want to help. Is he holding up? He holds up the bugle and the blade pops out of it. He pogs at it. It's, it's a beautiful panel. What's this thing? What's this thing? How should I know? <laughs> Sam put in our Discord with the little caption Pog. Uh, Pog we had chat. we have resting <laughs> face as a thing. Now uh, with Balgo, we have resting Pog face. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, uh, Cinderella notices the sword and she stops because she spotted it. I don't think uh, Cinderella gave it to him. I think it. I think appeared it was... in reaction to her. And she recognized it and was like, that's a problem. And yeah, it was like well, it was like for Balgo, it was like an adrenaline reaction where he tapped into some innate magic he didn't know he had. Because he's a dragon. He's a, he's a dragon, dragon clad. clad. Which, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just knowing what I know about Taikubo might be able to just manifest swords from their souls. <laughs> that's possible. Yeah, <laughs> that's his Bankai. <laughs> it's, it's something cool. I... I'm fine with it. Cool power yeah. systems is basically like his bread and butter. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cinderella pauses long enough uh, from the sword to have uh, the artery horn shot off. And no one's sure how it happened because Bruno didn't do that. And it's the chief. From halfway across Traverse London from a sniper tower in a building, shooting his Yusuke Yurameshi spirit gun. Well, no, he's in Wingbind headquarters. That makes (laughs) even less sense. Yeah, from like halfway across London, that's what I'm saying. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and we have this absolutely beautiful panel of he's holding up the the finger gun, his cigarette is smoking, and so's his index finger. Good grief. Did I do that? Whoops. That's that's where that's where we get the strong Columbo vibes from. You basically mm-hmm. get him looking at the audience going like, hey, I bet you didn't know I was actually also super powerful. Almost end of the manga. Ain't that a cool thing to cut off on? I'm like, God damn it. You're right. That is kind of cool, but I'm upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for the girls, um, they didn't do that, so they don't get any credit. And then he's very angry. About well, they it. they they get a little bit of credit, and it's like that wasn't worth the bus fare to get here. You flew. It was like, it was like five dollars. <laughs> I think they say outright. It's like yeah, it's, it's like five, five pounds. Five, yeah. Five, oh yes, we're using we're using uh, the uh, the queen's money. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it we is. got five points and five pounds. Hey, don't look at me. That <laughs> maybe we should have you cover more of the property damage that Cinderella did, huh? Yeah, that's the other that's the other thing that was mentioned is that they actually were given a semi-decent payout, but most of it went to cover the property damage. 
Besides, it says here Director Bangknife delivered the finishing blow. What? He didn't do it either. Either. That means you didn't kill it then? Way to dig yourself Grump. a deeper hole. Just stop talking. Grump. <laughs> Grumpy silence. <laughs> but um, the, the main takeaway from this is we get the... Um, the captain's talking over arrival of one of the Martian is um, something they are very excited about. Maybe if Balgo is luring them, <laughs> which is what they seem to think, he doesn't need to be executed anymore. So they put a mm -hmm. stay on the execution order. And also Macy's dragon cloud now, so she gets to join the family. Yeah, that, 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 that happens at the very end. But we get a really nice scene of um, Noel getting informed that um, Balgo is no longer going to be executed. And we get like this really nice panel of like the entire background has been whited out. It's just the two of them standing there because he's just like, hey, Noel, what's up? She just runs up and hugs him. Aww. Yeah, it's really sweet. And That's he's just cute. like, did did something bad happen? And Noel's just like, no, something good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I picked up on some chemistry earlier. And now I'm definitely sure there's chemistry. <laughs> she was <laughs> yeah. she was sad. And now she's happy that he's not going to die. Oh, so cute. Aww. I there is there is also uh, another bit that goes into the whole uh, the chief is a more important character than you initially thought. Huh, audience, you should read more because the the head of the sabers uh, finds his sniper perch and uh, we get we get a little uh, line of uh, I guess uh, I guess I wasn't wrong for uh, my estimation of the son of a war hero, which I'm sh I'm sure volume two will totally explain any of that. Oh, see, I thought that was referring <laughs> to Balgo. No, 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 that was that no, was that chief. was referring to the chief. Yeah, that because because she knew he was in the building. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's a super uh, powerful character who is lazy and or debatably incompetent by choice. Man, yeah, if he's, only he's he had some kind crazy. of shop with two children working for him. <laughs> <I> <laughs> 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 anyway, that's Burn the Witch. Favorite character and encounter. Ah, oh, God, it's actually really hard for me to say. It 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 is a three way tie between the Chief, uh, Bruno, and Ninny. I love all three of them for different reasons. I'm I'm just gonna say Ninny. She is so much fun as a character she is incredibly grumpy and over the top in a very delightful way she's got real heart to her that i appreciated a lot of her interactions with uh niha are amazing hilar are amazing and hilarious just all around excellent character and uh yeah, that was that. Uh, second best girl is Cinderella because, goddamn, that was so cool. Oh. <laughs> I assume that's also your favorite fight, Sam. Yes. Okay. I love favorite fight. Favorite fight is not a very fair question in this. I'm going to be honest. Well, that's why I said encounter because I didn't want to say fight. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I love, I love how the girls did their uh, jail spell to like. Uh, locked Cinderella on a roof in order to give Bruno his chance to attack and he summoned this thing that just looked like a curtain of graffiti art that fell out of the sky and like the plan there was all right we've trapped you in there now uh you'll explode from your own star ash right nope explosions don't hurt me okay, okay. <laughs> yeah um Matt here uh I'll jump in uh so I, I know we're not supposed to talk about it, but uh, Bruno, Bruno is my favorite. 
Uh, just <laughs> why everything. are we not supposed to talk about it? Because <laughs> we, we don't, don't talk, talk about, about Bruno. Now that I've explained the joke, it's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but uh, yeah, no, I just love his aesthetic. I love the like, I love his power. Like his power is summoning through graffiti tags. So he's running around with spray paint. Like it's like it's it mm-hmm. is my aesthetic to a T. Um, I love street magic like that. Uh, it's just cool. Um, I guess a second runner up would be Noelle just because she's all about that hustle and I can respect that. Um, Brian never quit. Yep. Got to Got to make that scratch. Uh, but uh, yeah, favorite favorite encounter. I'm actually going to go with the fight they had with Bruno right before Cinderella showed up. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really loved his fight. It was cool. Nice. Uh, Jacob. For me, uh, the two that stood out the most to me were uh, Ninny and Noel because I really liked their dynamic. Uh, two weeks ago, I uh, I said uh, it, it Blonde Cindere and Well Written isn't the only thing you need, but it certainly gets you a long way. So yeah, Ninny is <laughs> is uh, number one of that close top two. I also I also kind of um, not as strong as some other characters, but I I vibed with um, Macy's feelings to some extent kind of understand where she's coming from in a lot of ways. So I really liked her character. And also what we saw of her bit was pretty funny. <laughs> so that's I I, I liked mm-hmm. that and uh, would be on board with seeing more. But yeah, I mean, also the the chief and uh, the chief Bruno and Balgo are also great. Char- like all the characters God, that we got real focus on. Definitely. I love chief you know, solid. so much. I love <laughs> he's great. Uh, and Jay, favorite character, favorite encounter. Well, going into it, I would have to say my favorite character was Noelle, just because I just love her energy and her nonchalantness. And I have to say, she she knows what she wants and is not willing to put any pretenses forward to, you know, disguise it in any way. She's all about that money. Um, <laughs> as far and that's probably tied with Bruno for previously stated reasons. Um, <laughs> encounter wise, I would have to say. I actually really enjoyed the um, Balgo Selby encounter strictly because I just really liked the the design of the Selby dragon. It was just really interesting and I enjoyed watching it. And also just the transformation of cute little Osushi to dragon. And I was just like, this just evolved from pure chaos. And I then and then and then it's evolving <laughs> with the show me your knickers bit. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I actually realized I didn't mention favorite encounter because yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I cu- I'm sorry. I cut you off. Well, I, I also brained there for a moment, so it's fine. Um, but actually, funnily enough, it was indeed uh, the same as Jay's. Uh, I, I really liked the uh, Bulgo Selby encounter mostly. Uh, but for different reasons, the thing I really liked about it is like there was that establishment of like there is an inherent evil to these dragons, but like, and like, you know, we'll have to see where the series goes with it, but I could, I could see the series going either in the direction of they're like wild animals. You know, it's like keeping a, a, a chimp, uh, like a chimpanzee or a tiger or a grizzly bear. You know, it's like, you might think you have the situation under control, but you can never really control the situation. Or I could even see a situation where it's like, um, 
perhaps the the way that they're dealing with dark dragons is going too far. The idea of like, you know, if you're if you're in passing contact with a dragon for even a short amount of time, 100 years in jail or death are your two options. Yeah, that we, seems a bit excessive to me. We do get that last scene with the captains kind of seems to lay a level of distrust about like are the dragons evil? Because they're like, nope, absolute prejudice on the dark dragons. And they seem to want to hunt the Martian for some reason. And yeah, because they're like super dangerous, like just their existence is super dangerous, very inherently dangerous. And they're the progenitors of other dark dragons. But the framing of the scene makes it come off as kind of cloak and dagger. So you've got like an inherent distrust there. Of like, oh, should we be taking this at face value? Yeah, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if violence really is the only way, because like in the case of in the case of Selby and uh, Cinderella, in all honesty, given the tools that they had available at them to them at the time, taking those two dragons down was the right choice in spite of the fact that they were able to be reasoned with. They're just so inherently dangerous that if they had tried the peaceful option, it would have gotten somebody killed. Is it that way because there is no other option? Or is it that way because nobody's found the other option to give that to the people who are dealing with these things. And it's honestly a really interesting question looking forward. And that being the first like major confrontation, like the first serious fight that we see in the series, establishing that and then it building on that later. I really appreciated it. All I want to know is I want to know when the dragons get human forms and swords so they can fight with the heroes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could see that happening and I'd be about it. Yes. Give it to me. I actually had one thing I wanted to talk about that I re- mentioned earlier. We'd come back to in the discussion um, was the connection to Bleach as a whole, because I know mm-hmm. you guys mentioned you'd done some research before and you kept having it say that it takes place in the same universe. Yeah. And the very the one shot does end with that thing saying SSWB, like the old emblem for Wingbind was the Soul Society West Branch. So maybe... It's like an antiquated connection that no one's really aware of anymore. But like Mm. aside from that, at the end of the one shot, there's really nothing else that connects it. Like even in a like measurable way, like just functionally how things work don't make a lot of sense for them to be on the same path. You could make the argument that the whole thing with Balgo's sword was like a Bankai or whatever, uh, like I alluded to. Like, they're not dead. And that's that's mm. the entire point of Bleach is, like, it's the soul society. And, like, reverse London, they are not dead. Like, there's mm. nothing to do with ghosts at all. There are dragons. And dragons aren't one for one with anything in Bleach. So I think I'm more of the line that people are saying they're in the same universe because of that, like, Easter egg at the end of the one. I, I think there are Easter eggs. I think that's as far as the connection goes. It, it could be. It could be. You see, uh, I'm pretty sure it's mentioned directly in the in Shonen Jump that they're in the same universe. But to me, even if there aren't a lot of direct connections to, like, the way things worked in Bleach, it, it kind of has the same vibe of you know, this is the same universe as this other thing, but it's also, you know, so far away. I, I'm finding, I'm having a hard I, time articulating it, but the, the basic- I, I think I know what you're getting at, and I have a bit of, if I'm right, I have the same opinion. The, the thing for me was the Easter eggs didn't get in the way, and it means that this series has ready access to use the world building of Bleach if it so chooses. And it can draw on that, but it also, because 
you know, the 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 biggest connection to Bleach was something missed by someone who doesn't know Bleach, it means that Bleach isn't required reading, and it's going mm-hmm. to explain its own lore internally. Because one of the things that I yeah, noticed yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I, that I noticed is I feel like now that I, you know, now that it's been mentioned to me and I realize that the the Soul Society is like the main connection to Bleach, they mentioned that the Soul Society in Japan just wiped out the dragons entirely. And no, they, that, meant, they mentioned that Japan wipes out its dragons entirely. And I, I don't think that's necessarily... They said, the, they said the branch in Japan. But, but... Do they well, say the Soul Society? Because if they don't say the Soul Society, I don't know if you can assume maybe they the also just... The branch of witches in Japan. They say the branch in Japan wiped out the dragons, and that ends up working as a bit of a retcon of, like, why has the why has this not come up in Bleach? It's because that got taken care of off-screen before the story. So it's it's a very it's a very take it or leave it moment of if you want to say that it's the Soul Society, use the part of the Soul Society is that they deal with dragons and Japan just killed them all. Then fine, but if you don't have a knowledge base for Bleach or if you don't particularly like that connection, they they phrase they phrase it vaguely enough that you can set it aside if you're not about it. Yeah, what what I was uh, trying to get to is it is basically the same idea. It's like this expanded the possibility of the way the bleach universe works without um impacting the way that we know bleach works and and that gives the vibe of there is more to this world and increasing the totality of it making it feel more uh it it gives it a greater verisimilitude Mm -hmm. without being intrusive either because again just yeah without without being intrusive just the fact that they have that that being like the old name of Wingbind before it changed later because it stopped being about that. You know, it's like me not noticing that didn't impact my reading of uh, Burn the Witch. It didn't mean anything. At, at no point am I saying it's required reading. What I'm saying is like the very concept of a society that deals with death and the afterlife in its full totality, like that creates a whole bunch of narrative weight to say that it's the same thing where I'm thinking like it, it doesn't feel like it. Because, like, mm-hmm. if, if you've got to deal with the fact that you've got hard rules of how ghosts work, like, what does character death mean in Burn the Witch, then? Well, nobody dies, so we don't know. Maybe when the series continues, somebody will die, and this gets found out, but... Uh, that's, that's why I'm saying I think the connection is more, like, surface level and reference old. I, I, mm-hmm. I think treating them like they're one for one is not anything I've yeah. seen hard evidence of. I've seen a reference... Well, yeah, and, and that's kind of what I was saying, though, is that you can take that connection as deeply as you choose to. OK, it is a possible expansion upon the wider universe of Bleach, because, again, Bleach really only deals with, you know, the hollows and the soul society and the dead and whatnot. But hey, if there's supernatural stuff after death, maybe there's supernatural stuff in life that just never came up because that's not what Ichigo dealt with. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. smartphones that can detect dragons and like just tonal, yeah. tonally they are so different like that's the main thing I'm, I'm trying to get across here okay and, and yeah no you are right about that it it is uh it is a very very different tone i think, I think goes, if they goes, if they tried to do a crossover there would need to put in a lot of legwork for me not to go like these are disjointed and do not fit together just mm-hmm. what they have currently yeah, and then yeah. you could argue that this probably would have been um, similar with how they should have treated the belt arc. Yeah, a lot of people dropped off after that and were just like, this really should not be incorporated in the Bleach universe for debatable reasons. I mean, I was... I guess I should have clarified. I know the author. 
I think the author is just referencing his previous series. I do not expect him to be mm. able to weave the two together. Yeah. Because yeah. considering if we ever do uh, an episode on Bleach, we can talk about how I feel about how some of those arcs feel like they don't connect. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For all we know, it, it, if Stroke Wen, uh, Burn the Witch continues, it may never come up. And that's sort of that's sort of the point I was making is that mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not expecting or even asking for it to cross over with Bleach. I'm just saying if if that's your jam, if you want to see that universe expanded, you can you can read it that way. Or if you have issues with that, then it's just a reference to another series by the same author. It's it's done. It's done in a clever way to to serve both purposes. Mm-hmm. It's a good tightrope. But yeah, uh, sorry, Jay, you were going to say? I was just going to say, as someone who really, 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 really enjoys Bleach, I really liked the tie-in, and I liked the fact that he kind of gave overtures to the Bleach series, and I would like to see this as a connection to the Bleach series, or different, um, kind of like a spinoff. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it is objectively mm-hmm. a spinoff. There's no way you can't phrase it as that with... Yes, but I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I was able to like to see, make the connections between the characters. That's fun for me. And I'm just like, oh, my characters from... Yeah. Well, exactly. Hold on. Do Fairy Tale and Eden Zero take place in the same... I think they actually do. Um... <laughs> well, we, we, we have a whole episode about that. <laughs> it holds a very special place in my heart. I mean, you want to... Has this series made you feel any different about? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to volume two. Uh, if anything, this makes me want to uh, take a, uh, another look at Bleach with uh, new eyes. Because Yeah, I haven't really consumed any Bleach content other than the odd video essay here and there for like 10 years. I think I could uh, take a look at it with a fresher perspective. Yeah, I think this reminds me what I liked about Bleach. I, I Tight Kubo does really good characters. And this is only like a four. This is five chapters we read and we get some amazing. We get a lot of amazing characters out of it. Like the personality through the characters is overflowing. Like like Selby is on page for like four pages and you still get a ton of personality out of him. Like like it's just good. Like so I I feel like I need to go back to Bleach remembering that the characters are good because the Mm -hmm. things I didn't like about it probably began to overshadow that as I became used to the characters. As for me, um, I mean, almost entirely because I was curious about how deep the reference goes between Bleach and uh, Burn the Witch, you know, and I mean, like what I'm getting is that it is absolutely surface level, which that's fine. But, you know, this this kind of almost worked in a in a very like non-intrusive and I see what you're doing, but I'm okay with it sort of cross marketing sort of way in in the connection to bleach and it does kind of make me want to to check it out all right um, you absolutely should check it out join i us. guess i guess we're all of the same mm-hmm. mindset then we would probably keep reading this obviously we can't at the moment there's no we more can't of it. currently <laughs> yeah i mean, yeah once once we get more i will uh once more comes out i will uh eagerly uh read more um i i will say one thing that i really like to see is after a couple of seasons worth of manga come out maybe a bit of reshuffling and in an anime adaptation because as i mentioned in the um prologue chapter and it is something that um it is something that i noticed to a much lesser extent and again even in the prologue chapter it it was a it was a mild note in the back of my head but it there really was a i'm pitching this series to you feel to it that i feel like if um 
more of the plot is presented to the audience. Like, I don't think this will be a problem with season two, for example. And like once more of the plot is, um, uh, you know, like actually like delved into and understood a anime adaptation that maybe shuffles some of the stuff a little bit around. So it's not like trying to sell itself quite as hard would behoove it. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely would uh, continue reading when the, you know, next season of manga comes out. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning in to the Over Manga Cast. Uh, as always, you can follow us on all of the social medias where we are at Over Manga Cast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're also Over Manga Cast on YouTube, where we uh, put up the episodes uh, about two weeks before they come out on your podcatchers. Other way around. <laughs> Other way around. Oh. After. After. Making yes, videos takes time. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it does. <laughs> My my brain uh, forgot how uh, linear time worked. But anyway, <laughs> make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. And uh, make sure to uh, tune in next week where we are going to take a look at Sakamoto Days, chapters 1 through 20. And we'll have a returning special guest. Could that be? We're going to get a return of Jump Cody. <gasps> wow. Woo! <laughs> so, <laughs> and this will be the first time uh, Jake and I will be on the show with Cody. So, looking forward to that. Yep. So, yep, uh, read chapters one through twenty of Sakamoto Days and tune in next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.